Welcome to You Heart to Hartford. My name is Abe Hefter. I'm an assistant professor of digital media and journalism in the School of Communication at the University of Hartford. On our podcast, we take you inside the University of Hartford, share with you the stories that are being told by the many talented people who are the University of Hartford, faculty, staff, students, alumni, the experience and experiences they are sharing with our West Hartford campus and beyond. Joining us today is Nina Vasquez, class of 2019. Nina graduated from the University of Hartford with a dual BA in criminal justice and political science with an emphasis on racial and ethnic relations. She's currently an MA student in Puerto Rican, Latinx, Latin American, and Caribbean studies at the University of Connecticut. Her interests are on the history of development of race and ethnicity in Latin America and the Caribbean, Puerto Rican citizenship, and uh, Puerto Rican radical politics from the 1930s to 1970s. Nina, thank you for joining us on You Heart to Hartford. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Tell us about um, the path that took you through your undergraduate years at the University of Hartford that led you to study racial and ethnic relations? Right, so, um, wow, my path goes way back. Um, So I think it started off when I first moved um, to Connecticut from Puerto Rico. Um, Automatically, I noticed a difference of treatment Um, how I was treated here as an Islander versus obviously how I was treated in Puerto Rico. Um, And I guess that sparked my interest in race relations and ethnic relations here in the United States. Um, So then when I got to UHART, I had taken a course um, that was actually called Race and Ethnic Relations with um, Dr. Woody Doan. Um, from Hillier College, and he really opened my eyes to a lot of things that I was experiencing or didn't know of, right, about history of race in the United States um, and treatment of racial groups in the United States that I had no knowledge of, um, one, because either the education in Puerto Rico that I had at the time really didn't um, dive in to these type of issues. Um, Also, because the education in Puerto Rico focuses on Puerto Rican history and Puerto Rican type of racism. So I really didn't understand the racism in the United States. Um, So I definitely think that my awakening um, for taking that path came from that course. What were some of these eye-opening experiences, again, that, that you took through the University of Hartford with you? Yeah, so um, experiences, wow, so many. Um, UHAR really allowed me to test my waters um, in all sorts of ways, right? Academically, socially, and um, even professionally. So I, with my two um, majors, criminal justice and political science, that was already a way for me to basically shaped my experience um, and what I wanted to study through the university. Um, And obviously the faculty that I had helping me um, really shaped what I wanted to study and what I wanted to do. Um, So, you know, I was also president of two clubs on campus. I was president of and founder of um, a club called Race Together um, on campus that 
basically we focused on race relations and tried to provide a safe space for all students of color from all different backgrounds. Um, and I was president of the criminal justice club for the four years that I was there. Um, and these things really allowed me to one, interact with people, um, to interact with like students and faculty, and that's very important. Um, and three, really educate myself, right, on where I stand with my um, privileges, I guess. I don't know if the right word is disadvantages. I don't think that's it. But, um, you know, just the things that would probably set me back on a social hierarchy. Nina, what was important to you uh, as you look to continue your studies as a grad student? Well, um, what was important to me? So what I really wanted to do once I started um, looking at grad schools was to make sure that I studied something where I could eventually help people and give back to communities that I'm a part of. So I ended up choosing Latinx studies because one, you know, I am Puerto Rican and I definitely do feel like um, Puerto Rico is not discussed enough in terms of history and sociological research. Um, and I really do think that I would love to give a place to Puerto Rican history and Puerto Rican issues in our conversations here stateside. Um, that's one. Two, also, um, I really love the atmosphere of like academic, um, I don't know, academic environments, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and because I get the chance to listen to all these different areas and different, um, disciplines on one one same issue and they're all very different right allowing me to know that there's different ways to get to a solution if there is a solution so those are the things that were important to me while i was like trying to navigate um looking for a program and then also just understanding that i wanted to be in a grad um department that would accept the different lenses that i was trying to look at these issues from. Um, so I was trying to look at Puerto Rican issues mm -hmm. through a historical, um, a historical sociological lens, because usually Puerto Rico is always looked at through like a legal lens or a political lens. So when we look at your academic research today um, and the research question related to your MA thesis at the University of Connecticut, uh, how do Puerto Ricans look at themselves and their race uh, why is it important to answer that question? Yeah, that's definitely a really important um, question to answer for the simple fact when it comes to policy, um, when it comes to status recognition of the island, um, and also just the way how um, federal resources are handed out to Puerto Ricans um, and interactions, um, just all the way down to just interactions, day-to-day -day interactions with people who are non-Puerto Rican. So answering that question, I guess, I don't think we'll ever get, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think it would ever um, really solve bigger issues, but I think it's a step to the right direction. I understand your research has revealed a shift in racial identification among Puerto Ricans. How has this shift revealed itself to you and what is the significance of this shift? 
Yeah, so um, right now we're seeing, I have seen two shifts so far in my research. One shift has to be um, after 1898 when the United States, States gets um, a hold of Puerto Rico. We see more Puerto Ricans tending to identify as white on the census. Um, one reason of that has, is, has to be, and is because, um, a lot of American doctors who were helping Puerto Rican women give birth would automatically check the white box for the parents, even if they were non-white. Um, and then obviously that when parents would see that on their child's birth certificate, they would just tend to go on with that for the census, right? Oh, the birth certificate says I'm white. I'm going to check white. Um, also, nevertheless, we do see some surge of just how the politics in the United States influences Puerto Rico and then just the politics of how Spain influenced in Puerto Rico. So meaning a lot of anti-Black sentiment um, is then harvested in Puerto Rico. And then we see that through the census as well. So we have um, Afro-Puerto Ricans, meaning Black Puerto Ricans, who are phenotypically um, black or just black by skin color um, end up checking off on the census that they're white. Mm. Um, again, just trying to separate themselves from blackness as much as possible, thinking that with um, separating themselves from blackness means that they could get some privileges that Americans were supposedly giving to um, white passing Puerto Rican, um, which is not always the case and which uh, most of the time is not the case as we've seen in, you know, recent, um, most recent issues when it even came to Hurricane Maria mm -hmm. and how federal aid was um, distributed and as well as just like historically how we have seen that doesn't matter if like you really check um, if you're white on the box. But then the other shift has to be right now, current day, which I'm looking at also is that we're seeing the younger generation of Puerto Ricans actually um, check off if they're black, right, or Puerto Rican. So although the amount of Puerto Ricans that are still checking off white still surpasses the amount of Puerto Ricans that are checking off black on the census, we are seeing a shift in that where the younger generation is more willing to say, no, listen, like I am black, right? Um, and that's very interesting, very interesting. Or I am um, Daino, which is the indigenous people of the island. So when you look at your findings, what has surprised you? And perhaps um, where have, have you not been surprised? In, in which areas? Um, I'm really not surprised when it comes to the amount of people that were checking off white on the census right after, right, like right after, um, like the United States um, becomes a part of Puerto Rico, um, Puerto Rican history, and then as well as in the middle where we start getting documentation from Puerto Ricans when they were under Spanish rule. I'm really not surprised. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, by this time we have a lot of um, intermixing and which could cause and has caused a lot of like, not identity confusion, but just a lot of issues with identity, right? Um, 
trying to understand what does biracial mean or what does bi-ethnic mean um, and things like that. So then, you know, people end up choosing whatever is more privileged to them that they think that they're going to get more out of. And so that really doesn't surprise me. I think what does surprise me and I find very cool is to see that, you know, my project going back all the way from before the 1800s all the way now to um, 2020, what we're seeing is not much has changed, but this really slight, slight shift in the younger generation being more willing and accepting of their racial identity in Puerto Rico is really making a big change and a movement almost in Puerto Rico. So, you know, now you have more debates on Black Lives Matter in Puerto Rico. You have more debates on racism in Puerto Rico and trying to get more um, elected officials who are Black or just non-white passing into um, offices in Puerto Rico and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think that's very cool and very interesting that, unfortunately, also that it took so long to see a shift. So you talk about going through the records, uh, 1800s, you've got to comb through all of that. Where do these records currently live and how methodical and painstaking a task is this all? Yeah, wow. Um, So (laughs) it's very, very um, slow. Okay. You have to have a lot of, lot of patience. Um, Something that I definitely have to, had to learn, um, on purpose, because I'm not a person with a lot of patience. (laughs) But um, I had to take the time. So a lot of these records, um, I could find them digitized. So I started looking for them digitized. Um, UConn has a massive database when it comes to like Puerto Rican studies. So I was lucky enough to find um, some of the census records um, from the United States uh, at the UConn library. So you know, I had to dig through and then also educate myself on what certain terms mean, because not all terms have um, stayed the same throughout all these years. So then also some of the other records, they live in Madrid, and I have to ask for permission to the government of Spain to like get a hold of these records because they don't have a relationship with Puerto Rico no longer. So these records don't belong to Puerto Rico, nor are they shared with Puerto Rico, although they're mm-hmm. Puerto Rican history. So I have to get like a special permission for that, which that was granted as long as it was for only research purposes, which obviously it is. Right. And also even with then, uh, that has a lot of, again, re-educating myself when it comes to the terms that they use, because we're talking about terms that were used prior to the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And also terms that I guess that we still use in Puerto Rico that are from the 1800s, but now carry a totally different meaning. So it's like, again, reinventing and re-educating myself on what these terms mean, and then breaking down and trying to separate what I've known all my life to what, like, the actual origins of each term come from. I know your research will take you to Puerto Rico. Um, How challenging uh, will that be at a time when, you know, as of this recording, we're still dealing with COVID-19, not only when it comes to the logistics associated with things like air travel, but, you know, any challenges that you may face completing your research? Yeah, so that's something that's definitely still in the talks right now with my department. Um, I'm still going to go to Puerto Rico um, because I you know, my 
research is going to take me there. I'm supposed to be doing research in the historical archives in San Juan. And so I had to get a, a permission while wow, many months back, I think like right when the pandemic first started, I wrote to them and I was like, listen, I'm doing research at your archives. I need a permission. And they granted me permission. Um, so right now, the issues that I'm seeing um, as I go over there is that anything could happen at any moment. The government in Puerto Rico is very strict, especially when it comes to the COVID um, pan the pandemic. So Right now, um, you know, we're dealing with what I'm looking at is when I get there, I have a very short time frame each day to work on these archives um, because the government has a curfew of 6 p.m. So anything I need to do, I need to do it before 6 p.m. And then because I need to be home by 6 p.m. unless I want to get a fine. Right. Um, and then also they're not allowing many people into the archives because they're trying to minimize exposure, especially, I guess, not trying to expose such old documents um, in the middle of a virus. So that's another thing. So I guess right now I only got a permission to go, I think, once a week, which that's not that's not the best, but it's something. Um, however, that could be taken away from me any moment because if they decide to do a complete lockdown while I'm over there, right. I will definitely mm -hmm. have to pick up my stuff and come back. So yeah, that's definitely the most challenging part is that I'm seeing that everything's very unpredictable right now and very limited. So I was supposed to go look at a total of like four archives um, all across the island, right? So they're in different areas of the island. And only two out of the four said that I could go and the rest are saying that I can't. However, what they are proposing is that they're going to go digital, meaning so they're going to like take all these things and um, they could send them to me. They're not going to put them public out for everybody to see. But it, like if I were to request them, they could like scan them and send them to me personally. Mm -hmm. Which that just brings another issue on, you know, how well do I know my research, right? Because right. if I go there physically, I could spend some time just looking through um, paperwork and say, oh, look, this is what I'm looking for. But if I need to order something, I need to be very, very specific. And that is not as much as you think sometimes you know your research. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're not specific enough. So, okay. yeah. Nina Vasquez joining us today on You Heart to Hartford, her research, her research question, how do Puerto Ricans look at themselves and their race, sharing with us her experiences as a University of Hartford graduate, class of 2019, and a University of Connecticut MA student. Anina, thank you so much for this. Best of luck. Thank you. Production assistance for You Heart to Hartford is provided by University of Hartford undergraduate students Drew Simino and Josh Fromowitz. I'm Abe Hefter.